episode 1072 and it's the relevant podcast here in orlando i'm your host cameron strang and joining me from loverland virginia it's jesse carey hello hello from nashville tennessee artist producer mogul Derek minor what up and from austin texas author speaker and podcaster jamie ivy hey guys well welcome to summer everyone this is tuesday yesterday was memorial day we're officially in the unofficial time of summer, right? I mean, this is the kickoff, right? All the kids are out of school, college has graduated, summer travel's coming up. Do you guys have any big summer plans? I am going to Uganda this summer. That is my big oh, summer wow. plan. Oh, wow. That's okay. a flex right there. Okay, okay. Nice. I was, yeah, I was yeah. like, in my head, I was like, I'm thinking about getting a new grill uh, at some point. Uh, is that worthy? I'm uh, going to Sudan. Yeah. I'm going to Sudan. Wow, you guys are traveling the globe. World travelers. What, what, is, what is taking both of you guys to Africa? Different I'm parts, going with obviously. the ministry that I work with, and uh, we're doing some stuff over there with the girls' school, with Katie Davis Major School, and then I'm getting to bring my daughter, so it's really cool. That's fire. Mine's the typical thing that we do, Jesse, front lines, humanitarian yeah. stories, and you know, peacemaking stuff. So no, I was thinking about um, getting a Coleman. No big upgrading deal. Upgrading from Weber to Coleman. <laughs> um, got a bigger, bigger grill plate surface uh grease pans a little deeper so uh that's a great summer thing so, i mean it's pretty pretty special jesse we need to make plans for uh summer league in july we haven't talked dates i know yet, i know i would i put i'm on my going this time all right dude come on dude and this will release while the three of us are together i'm very excited about our trip uh for coming sure. in, in a couple days right. yeah so yes, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll we will be recording the next two podcasts from a cabin in Montana. Prop will be with us, some other friends. Oh, it's lit. Yeah, it's going to be a little different. We're going to just be winging it with a little four-track recorder sitting in a little Old room school. together. So. I school. love it. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. All right, well, let's move the show along. We have a great show. Christine Kane joins us. We also have uh, a little game at the end if we have enough time. Uh, but stay tuned right now. Up next, it's Slices. The show is over. You can go back up and Saying too, boy with uk, uk, uk. It's boy. It's all one word. Boy with uke. So I think it's a uke, like a ukulele. Uke, boy with uke. There you go. The song is out of reach. Season four of the Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen Season 4. Episodes 1 through 3 of The Chosen Season 4 are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for Slices. 
All right, what do you have, Jesse? Guys, I I I'm very excited to hear the opinions on this this one because it's this isn't really necessarily like a hard news piece. I, I'll I'll bring in the news for the angle, but I saw that the Wall Street Journal had a story this week uh, that uh, basically their take on how tipping culture has gotten out of control. Um, oh. And uh, I did find some it stats is. that were in the news uh, that um, uh, from Square that recently tipping amounts at full service restaurants have increased by 25%. And then even at over the counter restaurants, so so where you don't have a server where you just kind of, you know, buy stuff quickly, tipping has increased 16%. So major increase in, in tipping. And a lot of people are saying the reason is because the technology has finally caught up to tipping and people aren't, because now when you go to, you know, whether it's like a food truck or, you know, a restaurant or a coffee shop or something, or even like a retail place, you know, like somewhere where there is, is a hard good that it's not like they're making it there. They're not, they're not providing a service for you. You're just right. buying something off the shelf. When they hand you that the, the, the iPad or whatever to scan your card, it always comes up tipping amounts. And mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. what the, some, the, this uh, research is showing is that when you, you put someone on the spotlight like that, yeah. They will generally leave you, give you more money. And I don't know if you guys have noticed this. It, the amounts are getting higher and higher. They usually give you three options. 18, 20, uh-huh. 25. It, yeah. 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 And it, where it used to be the standard was 15%, right? Like that was just understood as like cheap, cheap. Christians would do 10% as the standard and other people would do 15. I always did 18, 20 and I thought I was a generous tipper. Now I'm on the low end of the options. Yeah. And I always pick the middle. It doesn't matter what the middle, the middle could be 35%. I'm probably picking the middle because not only do (laughs) I want to not hand the iPad back and, and having not tipped at all, but I don't want to be the one that's like, Oh, you tipped me the lowest. Okay. I remember that next time you get the haircut or whatever, or change (laughs) the oil or whatever it is. It's like, I don't know why I'm tipping for, for I'm paying for the service that's being provided this morning. I was actually at a restaurant and I was buying a gift card for somebody and I walked up to the bar and I, I was, you know, it's like, Hey, I want the, the gift card for $30. Okay. I pay for the gift card and I get the thing back from the bartender, like the little thing. And it has tipping amounts for a gift card. Did you did you leave a tip? Of course. I felt too weird. There ain't I, I, no I, way. Nope. Ain't no, no way. You're hitting zero, Derek. The and recipient Cameron? of the gift card is gonna leave the tip. You don't need to tip on top of the tip. You're fine. Mm-hmm. I like you, Jesse. I feel a little guilt. Like I feel yeah, weird I handing them not. back something that says not. zero. Like it makes me feel uncomfortable. I ain't gonna hold you. It it like I ain't gonna hold you. If I go to a restaurant and it's not full service, I'm not tipping you. So so like if you order at the bar. It's over with. Now, okay. now if I'm if I'm ordering, yeah, if I'm ordering at the bar and taking it to the crib, yeah. what's the point of t- for you to hand me my bag? I know. I'm I gonna know. give you 20 percent. I know. No. Yeah, and that no. other server serving the table is having to work for that fifteen percent, and you did right. nothing. You yeah. just handed me the bag that was prepared for you. Yeah, I agree I'm not you, giving my you nothing. My least favorite is when I go through the coffee drive-through and they tell me, okay, that'll be fifteen or whatever and they don't have the card thing and they say they look me straight in the eyes and say would you like to leave us a tip no it makes me nervous it makes me uncomfortable like Mm -mm. i don't know what i'm supposed to say and so usually i'm like yeah two dollars i don't know what to do like 
it, it just makes me in a weird spot. No, thank you. That's that's how you do it. You say, you say no, thank you. No, thank you. The, no, thank the, other, you. the other thing too, and like I consider no, myself you. a reason. I can't not. I, I I feel too uncomfortable. Like it is worth the four. Well, you're a people three pleaser. Or, the, 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 the three or four extra bucks to just no. get out of the uncomfortable situation. <laughs> no. No. Listen, also, Jesse, Aaron makes so much fun of me because if I go to Costco, if I taste anything, I'm buying it. Like literally, I, I, if I if I taste your wine, if I taste the chicken nuggets, whatever, because I feel like they're looking at me like, oh, and they okay. say, this is so good. It's right here behind me. And I feel like they're watching me. And Aaron's like, no, they're not They're They hate, they hate their life. They don't care. But I feel like I have to be like, <laughs> Yo. okay. I feel like I have to make them think you did a great job today. I'm going to go buy these chicken nuggets. I think Jesse is the perplexing one out of here. Jamie, I totally get it. Like Jamie, you're the sweetest person on planet earth. And I get it. Mm-hmm. Jesse, this doesn't make I sense. I am a little surprised by Jesse too. This I'm doesn't not gonna make lie. sense. It, no, it, this I is off this script. But this is off yeah. script to me because Jesse is the person that does not mind making things uncomfortable for everybody. Mind, um, like I don't mind. I I actually relish making things uncomfortable. Yes, it's, it's the confrontational right. aspect. It, be, well, no. and, and the other thing too is like. Yeah, exactly. Because there's a he difference. He hates confrontation more than anything. Yeah, and that's oh, the thing. Like, okay, it's okay, a conference. It's he'll, feeling he'll, like he'll maybe he'll sacrifice a... his own. He'll sacrifice his own well-being, mental health, so there could be peace in mm. the situation for others. He wants to make sure everybody else is taken care of, of, of ahead of himself, which is a lovely thing about him. But these tipping machines are taking advantage it, of him. It, I feel very taken advantage because here's okay. Here's the other thing I don't like. <laughs> Because this isn't really a news story, okay? This is just me ranting at this point. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I went to Walgreens. I went to Walgreens the other day. Walked over, and I, all I needed it was, I think it was for Mother's Day, and I bought a Mother's Day card, okay? And it was like three or four bucks, right? Right. Yeah. And I rang it up, and it was like $4 and like four cents, okay? The guy behind the counter, would you like to round up for Red Nose Day? Okay, nope. I don't. I, I don't even no. know what Red no, Nose Day says, and I don't know why you're asking me. No, to I, do like, not. I don't. I don't know what the money's going to. I have no idea. Nope. Generally, yeah. I will, but in this case, this is a full dollar. This is twenty percent of the price. <laughs> you're asking me around. This is a Mother's Day card, okay? And, and it was four dollars and four cents. You're asking me to round up an entire dollar for like yep. a charity or or it's like Walgreens. Why don't you handle the donation to Red <laughs> no. Nose? <laughs> no, I can't say no to that. I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah. But, no, yeah. thank you. Like at Petco, you're checking out at Petco, and they're always like, "Do you want to donate a dollar to save the lives no. of dogs no. that are like stranded?" And I'm like, "No." no. <laughs> like, and they no. look at you like you're I the know. most horrible person for not saving the dogs' lives. And I'm like, "It's not mm-hmm. my problem." I'm it's like, yours. "Have you traveled the world? Come on, there's people that need help." <laughs> yeah, I watched a four dollar tip this morning on a thirty dollar gift card. I feel like a oh sucker. My gosh, <laughs> <laughs> like a sucker. No, the guy literally went beep 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 and rang it up for you, and I'm you left you him not. four dollars. It it's not full service because that is the point of tipping. Four dollars is right. for full. Because the crazy part about it too, the whole point of tipping was that waiters or waitresses they make so little money that you know you have to tip them right, like to to make up the difference. They they the, the difference is made up in their tips. But bro, if you're a cashier, you're not making. You making a regular wage? Like, why am I right. tipping you? Like, no, I'm you know, not tipping and two, you. Uh, the the whole uh, well, how are waiters paid three fifty an hour? How is that legal when minimum wage is eight dollars? Discrimination. Boom! It started with racial discrimination so, after yeah. uh, emancipation happened. Uh-huh. They didn't want to pay full wage 
to minority workers. Mm -hmm. So they adjusted the law for the service industries, which is where they mainly went because they Mm -hmm. weren't educated, et cetera. And they found a loophole to pay them less money. So tipping became part of the culture and white people typically did not tip Mm -hmm. out of racism because Mm -hmm. they didn't want to help support and uplift the minority Mm -hmm. communities that were serving them. It's actually a really messed up system that needs to be rethought. And now I'm a black man, not tipping because it don't make no sense. Yeah, I'm not opposed to tipping in all scenarios. I'm just saying it's it's gotten what the iPad thing and everyone because everyone at the table can look over your shoulder too and be like, oh, you're an 18 percent guy. No, I kind of pegged you for more of the 22, but, you know, that's, that's fine. I probably won't go to the coffee shop with you. Here's another thing I'm asking. Do y'all wonder? I, I think some of this is in our head because those tips are all just pulled at the end of the night split. and it's split between people. That it, you know what I'm saying? So I, I don't even think that they're judging you if you don't leave a oh, tip are. at the cashier. I don't think I so. I feel judged. You think so? I think all of the tropical smoothie employees are going to split whatever was left in the bowl right. that day. And For it's sure. not like an individual knock against you as an individual. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't think they take it as personally. Uh, that as a waiter would, you know, or whatever. For sure. stiffed a waiter. But anyway. All right. What do you have, Jamie? Oh, what do I have? Sorry, I was I was still trying to think if I should te- if I should tip next time I drive through this coffee shop on the way to work. I still just don't know what to do. If I drive through the drive through and they give me my coffee, do I no. tip? If no. you want to go back there, you tip. <laughs> if you're just passing through town, you're never going to see that person again. You just you just are you giving them cash or are you running a car? No, it's on my card. I push the button. Oh, because I was going to say just tell them keep the change. You probably would be okay. straight, but not. Nah, okay, here we go. All right, here's what that. I got, you guys. Also. This is not that newsworthy, but I do think it's worth celebrating or remembering is that the original Chick-fil-A restaurant has officially closed its doors. Mm. Um, The original restaurant was in a mall, Greenbrier Mall in, uh, let's see, Atlanta, Georgia, and it served its final meal over the weekend. It shut down after 56 years of operation. This is where uh, Truett Cathy opened the original Chick-fil-A in a mall. And I'll tell you, the first time I ever had Chick-fil-A was in a mall Chick-fil-A as well. Because that's where they kind mm, of originated. Yeah. That's all they did was like, I yeah. I remember 80s and 90s malls having Chick-fil-A's that you would like walk into. Like it was like, yeah. it wasn't, oh, totally. mine wasn't in the down. food court. It was like in a little storefront. And yeah, they had like a long, narrow place to eat and stuff like that. It was a whole little totally. baby restaurant inside their mall. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. But the original one, the article I'm reading, it doesn't tell me if this mall is shutting down as well, which I'm kind of would assume because malls they're are kind of a dying. Yeah, they're yeah. all dying breed. But anyhow, the first one is no longer available. So if you wanted to go on a tour this summer through Atlanta and go visit it, you're out let of luck. Me, let me just say, I, I haven't crunched the numbers, but I'm, I think this is a huge missed opportunity if, because let's assume the mall's going under. Just yeah. make it a, 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 a mall-sized Chick-fil-A. Okay, you go to any Chick Fil A, it's always packed out. It's just a matter of scale here. Just yeah. it's just a mall full of Chick Fil A's. I don't think you're wrong I about like this, it. Jesse. Nah, you're wrong about it because uh, we got a mall in Antioch called Hickory Hollow, and it's been oh, yes, gone. Hickory Hollow been gone for like ten years, and I don't know why the food court is in there. Nobody ever. You go. The only reason people walk in the Hickory Hollow Mall is to walk up the, in the broken cool. escalators to work out. 
Like, mm-hmm. it's just like you walk up the broken escalators up and down on to, to like run the steps or something. Like, there's that's the I only worked reason. at Hickory Hollow Mall back in the day, Derek. No, you did not. Yes, I did. That was, dude, that was the mall I went to when I lived in Nashville. It was lit. Like, that was the only place where like yep. Buckle was and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so it, obviously, I had to be there. Now it's the <laughs> yeah. only place where Chicago style Euros are there. That's the only thing that's in there. It's like a big in a sword store. Chicago style Euro. Yeah. yeah sword store, weird memorabilia store. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, a lot yeah, of homemade. Yeah, the sports collectibles. A yeah, lot of homemade sides. A lot of homemade But there's a barkeys. Puerto Rican barbershop in there that I think is cold because Puerto Ricans be having the, the dopest haircuts, but that's it. <laughs> oh, and there's, there a, there's a radio station in there. My bad. I take that back. There's a radio, radio station, station is in the mall now? Yeah, it's it's a uh, Spanish Spanish music station. Oh, and funny. hey, it's laid out. It's like you. it's a dead mall, but to the right, there's this huge radio station that's just kind of tucked off in the side super fire over there yeah that's cool mm-hmm. all right what do you have Derek? so i don't know if y'all know this but montana banned tiktok in the mm-hmm. state not just mm-hmm. on state devices if you get caught with tiktok in the state of montana you're gonna get fined How you and, after, uh, ja- after after january 1st after uh, january 1st so uh, yeah so it's heating up we're heating up right so wow. it's getting crazy like that that's a, a crazy thing well, well what, what they're what they're doing is they're not finding individuals what i read was they're not finding users they're finding they would find anybody who provided tiktok service mm-hmm. providers phone companies cell companies oh. they would go after the sources right but but you won't be able to download the app in the app store unless you have a vpn and but they're not like going to come banging on your door right like we're Give seeing me your a, phones. Right. we triangulated, you know, like uh-huh. that's uh-huh. that TikTok like ticket. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, you, and we know that and we know this is all based on the idea that China is spying uh-huh. on America via TikTok, right? Yeah. So TikTokers in Montana, which I didn't even know they had internet in Montana, you know, shut that's up, what's up. up. But TikTokers in Montana are like they didn't no. used to t- Man, seven we've been going devices. to Montana for 10 years. Seven devices They're- in the state. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what's actually interesting about this is obviously there's it's become a conservative political narrative mm-hmm. of like the big bad China spying on us through TikTok. And so uh, it, it, this is obviously being challenged legally uh, mm-hmm. right now in, in the courts. If it holds up, if the ban holds up, there's 17 or 18 other states that almost overnight will enact the same ban. Wow. So it's like. Wow. It's it, it Montana is being held up as an example to see what's going to happen with can the government limit our access to apps to communicate? Is that a First Amendment right or is it actually a national security issue? Where they can inhibit so, that right. So it's going to be all the red states, you think, are just going to instantly yeah. just all the ones pushing abortion, immigration stuff are going to probably ban TikTok too. Yeah. Pushing against abortion, just to clarify. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Wow, this again. is Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's madness. So yeah, there's a obviously we knew there was gonna be a lawsuit, right? We we knew right. someone was gonna sue yeah, the state. For right? sure. yeah, so yeah. that's it's what's happening. We, some TikTokers are suing it. Yeah, so yeah. it's gonna be interesting to see uh what happens. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned up next. Christine Kane joins us.
Listening to Ohm 53, the song is Give You Anything. I say Ohm, but I think it's Oom or something like that because it's that O with the the slash, diagonal slash through it. Not the umlaut, but like the slash thingy. So I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but it's that thing, O-M hyphen 53. There you go. In case you're looking for it on Spotify. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year and we don't want you to miss a thing Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Well, our guest today is Christine Kane. She's one of our favorite speakers and authors, hero of the faith. She's just released her latest book, Don't Look Back. She talked to Emily about how we can prepare for our future, whatever it looks like, and stay focused on the things that truly matter in life. She's literally one of my favorite people in the world. Her ministry and message has deeply impacted me. Here's our conversation with Christine Kane. is the message behind this book and where did like the inspiration for this message come from? You know, Emily, I think we are in a time on the earth that we all need reminding that it's time to move forward or we're going to get stuck. And so you go, where did the inspiration come? I mean, the last several years, wherever I've traveled, you know, we've got 821 in, we've got 19 offices in 15 countries. And so basically I just keep doing laps of the globe and visiting our offices and then ministering in churches. So you get a real glimpse of the global church and what people are trying to process all over the world not just here in America, but all over the world. And, um, you know, the one phrase I have heard more than any other phrase in the last three years is, Chris, I just wish things would go back to normal. I just wish things would go back to normal. And um, I'm sort of, I I didn't know how to process it at first because, I'm thinking, you'll realize there is no normal and there is no going back. I mean, the world fundamentally has shifted in the way that we knew it. And not only that, the Lord's always doing a new thing. But I I realize a lot of us are missing what the Lord is doing now because we keep looking back um, to what he had done. And of course, at the time I was reading Luke 17, where Jesus is talking all about the end times. And I mean, oh my goodness, all over the world, everyone's talking about the end times right now because it's like the world's crazy there's wars and there's famines and there's injustice and you know we go through cycles where everyone thinks this is the world the end of the world you know and um in the middle of that though in luke 17 32 jesus talking all about the end of the world you know noah the flood sodom gomorrah he says remember lot's wife and it caught my attention i mean it could have been like a four by two hitting me you know across the head it was like oh my word 
Um, and then I go on to find out there's 170 women that are in some way referenced in scripture, either by name or just reference. But there's only one woman Jesus ever told us to remember, only one. And that was Lot's wife. That's the only woman. And he told us to remember her in the context of the world ending as we know it. And I thought, you know, maybe now would be a really good time for the church to remember the one chick that Jesus told us to remember. This could be a really good time. So I go back to Genesis 19, you know, you start, because we don't know much about her. I mean, we don't even know her name. It's like, right. what's your name? Lot's wife. I thought that, that is not going to cut it in 2023, honey, we need your <laughs> name. And so, you know, um, and then, um, but it's it's really a very sober chapter of scripture. There's no doubt about it. Genesis 19 on so many levels. But the one thing we know is the world as she knew it was burning down. You know, the Lord had rescued her out of Sodom and Gomorrah as, as it's all burning down. And the angel of the Lord says, don't look back. And then scripture says, but Lot's wife looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. And of course, the metaphor for me there is like going, oh my word. And if we look back and the, in the original language there, the looking back is like with with a longing, wanting to go back. And I was thinking about everything everyone has been talking about. Man, I just want to go back to normal. I wish we could go back to the good old days, you know, whatever that might mean. And I thought, wow, there's so much longing on the earth right now and even amongst believers to go back to something, to some, you know, sort of a fantasy land that we think is awesome. And um, she got stuck as a pillar of salt. So she basically became calcified in a place she was only meant to be passing through. And she, you know, she was more attached to what she was leaving than what God had for her in the future. And I started to think about all of us, how we can get stuck in, you know, you're stuck in good moments and bad moments. You know, sometimes you can get so stuck in success. I laugh sometimes, you know, you're at a party. I'm 57, Emily. So I could be at parties and I've got some of my friends, you know, they're talking about when they played high school volleyball and they've still got the trophy. And I'm like, honey, that was like 40 years ago. And um, you know, like, can we move on? You know, like, I'm, I mean, I'm a bit tongue in cheek, but the deal is you, you're remembering, you know, this one thing, great thing that happened happened 20 years ago or or the pain of course there's been so much pain and so much loss and so much suffering and so much grief on the earth in the last you know three years in particular but you know people have just gone through so much and I think there comes a time and even in the book I I want to make sure I start with a chapter on mourning because I don't want people in any way to say that I'm trying to dismiss or deny the pain and the suffering that um, we've all gone through but you know even there are several times in scripture where the Lord um, you know he said to Samuel that um, he said you know Saul is um, I, I, I'm done with Saul and, and I've selected for myself a new king and he said how long will you mourn for Saul and he said to um, Joshua you know Moses my servant is dead like he had to kind of remind him okay it's time to move on it's a new day and I kind of feel that coming in especially over the last three plus almost three and a half years now um, it is time for some of us to start looking forward instead of backwards and to get un and we've been stuck in in you know I think uh, a loss of hope or disappointment or discouragement or betrayal or loss um, you know, some of us, like I've, I've got a background of childhood sexual abuse and abandonment and adoption. And there comes a time to go, okay, I'm either 
dealing with my past. I've got a whole chapter that says there's a difference between glancing back to heal and to deal with stuff versus looking back to stay there, both good and bad. And it's almost like, okay, we need some permission now to say it's okay to start looking forward towards the promise of God, the purpose of God. He's still got a future. Our history doesn't have to define our destiny. And you can acknowledge what has happened, but not be defined by it ultimately. Ultimately, we can be defined by who Jesus says we are and what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And I think I felt that it was just time that I write something that says, okay, let, let me help you. And I think unlike any other book I've written, there's, there's a lot of practical stuff in this and a lot of questions because you have to give people time to do that. I mean, you don't get whiplash and, you know, have spent the last three to seven, you know, for, since 2016, everything's been crazy. And so you kind of go, okay, we've spent so much time with our heads turned one way Um, You don't want to get whiplash, but it's like, okay, let's now fix our eyes on the promise of God and begin to move forward. And I'm hoping, um, and it seems from what people are saying in, you know, these first few weeks of release that, that I'm giving practical tools to go, here is maybe some tools that can help you start looking forward. So there's kind of the big 35,000 feet view of, of how it came to be. It is interesting, like you said, like, you know, focusing on the future and moving forward. But I feel like I know just in my own life and other people's lives, sometimes we look to the past because we're so scared of what we might see in the future. Um, And so how do we how can we find that faith and that courage to continue to look forward? Well, I think where it ultimately comes, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of answers I can give you. But let me get for me what the bottom line is, is that um, I trust Jesus and um, I trust his character and I trust you know the word says that God is good and does good there's a lot of bad things that are happening in the world but God is good and does good and that God is kind and merciful and compassionate so here is my bottom line you know so that we don't take 16 hours on this uh, podcast for me I have to trust what I do know about the character of God more than what I do not know about the future And I think that's what it comes down to is like, I don't know the future any more than anybody else, except I would imagine um, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of suffering. There's, you know, I helped to rescue the victims of human trafficking. So let me tell you, I am extremely familiar with um, just the evil and the depravity of humanity and what people will do to other people. So I don't live with rose colored glasses thinking, you know, it's all going to be unicorns and rainbows in the future. There's none of that in my thinking. But I definitely have hope because Jesus is this hope we have as an anchor for our soul, both firm and secure. And God is a good God. And so when I don't know um, what's going to happen in the future, which I don't, I do know Him. And I think if nothing else, this last three years has given us an opportunity to become more intimate with God. Jesus, because that's about the only guarantee that we have. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And I think coming out of the last few years, I'm like, that's about all I do know. He's good. He's not going to leave me. That He um, is going to enable me to um, get through whatever it is. And that in Him, 
all the promises of God are yes and amen. So I can have hope. I can have faith. I can still have a glint in my eye, a spring in my step and look to the future with joy and peace and confidence. Not because I know anything about the future, but I, I mean, I know it sounds like a cliche, but it's true. But I do know the one that holds the future in his hands. So yes, cliches are cliches for a reason because it really is true. Also, you know, you mentioned that this book, you you give kind of a lot of practical advice. Is there maybe like a first step that people can take to make sure that they're moving forward or or just is there any what are the steps that you could take to make sure you're like looking to the future? Well, I think without a shadow of a doubt, the first step is always in your mind. You have to decide because nothing changes until you change your mind. And our thoughts, basically, they're like a train. They take us somewhere. So you have to make a decision that um, I'm going to get on a train of thought, metaphorically speaking, that's going to get me unstuck. So, you know, there's, unless you change your mind, nothing else is going to change. So you you can feel all the feelings of like, um, I don't want to, this is hard, you know, this, I don't know what to do. But you can make up your mind that says, I am going to do whatever it takes to get unstuck. I'm willing to go through the process. So for some people, getting unstuck may be beginning with therapy. That could be the, the start. For other people, it may be... Um, blocking, muting, or unfollowing certain people. It may come down to that. For other people, um, it really may be changing friend groups. For other people, it may be enrolling in school. For other people, um, you know, it may be going and changing careers. Or, you you know, it it might be going to start walking around the block and getting outside. Like, I don't know. There is always one tangible next thing you can do. So whether it's mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, relational, or financial, in whichever area that you think I'm stuck and I need to get unstuck, that's the area that you have to begin to do the next right thing. And nothing is easy. You know, there's no guarantees. Like, I wish I could tell you, here is three points, do these and it'll be fine. Um, but if you do do the next right thing, and the book is literally full of that because I, I have broken it down so much because I found that we just we just need to have stuff broken, broken down at this time because there's just a lot and it's so overwhelming. And most of us, you know, have a hope of where we want to end up, um, but we don't know how to get there. And we, we think we minimize the value of the right next step because we think it's too small and we think what difference is this going to make getting you know i'm just saying say you want to improve your spiritual life what difference is setting my alarm 15 minutes earlier and reading one chapter of scripture well i'm telling you a year from now that's going to be all the difference in the world what difference is it if i want to get a little bit healthier setting that alarm 15 minutes earlier and walking one mile around the block in a year from now, it's going to be all the difference, you know, um, enrolling in that course in school. You, you've got to um, take it off in bite-sized pieces. And I think because of the world that we live in, no one's got any patience. Everyone wants instant gratification. We all want that change, but it's not going to happen. This is not like a self-help. Uh, three steps, two weeks, you are going to be unstuck. This is, I can guarantee you, if you do this, you will get unstuck, but it's not going to be easy to do this. But with God's help, you can do it. <laughs> you 
talked about maybe sometimes we might need to change friend groups. And I feel like there, that is a big issue that a lot of people struggle with is maybe they have friends that are well-meaning, but they just pull us back and kind of keep us in the past. And so how do we break those connections? Or maybe not, that might sound intense, but just how do we deal with those relationships that are trying to keep us in the past? Yeah, and Emily, you know, there's, man, number one, you have to discern with the Lord and you have to discern with, um, you know, good counsel because we don't want to be the kind of people that just, you know, write people off and move on because sometimes you've got to do the hard work of really um, working through stuff. But for all of us, there are times where you go, you know what, I, I want to move in a certain direction and other people don't want to move in that direction. And to varying degrees, sometimes you have to be brutal. I mean, if someone is taking you really down a path and it's not great, you, you, you might have to do the really brave and hard thing of just, you know, cutting it off if, if that's necessary and that is the only thing that's going to help you to move forward. Other times, I think you, you always need to be as gracious as you can be and um, as kind as you can be, like, you know, um, to the best degree that we can. You don't want to hurt people. You don't want to dismiss people. But you also cannot stop from moving on. And I think when, it, you know, you can do it gently until you can't, you can't. And, and then, um, and I think that's what, what happens. But in some cases, you know, when and I'm talking to so many different people on this podcast, when I first became a Jesus follower, there were some friends I had to cut off immediately because I, not even for their sake, for my sake, because I could not, I would have just gone right back into patterns of destructive behavior. Um, so I had to do it. It was the case. So, you know, and I'm always mindful when I say that because there are sometimes you just got it because it's not good. But then there are times I could tell you distinct times in my 35 years of following Jesus when I've had friend groups, really good friends, like good people, good believers, except I wanted to go further and I wanted to go deeper with Jesus and I wanted to go more full on. And they didn't. And that was that was almost more hard, difficult than the first group of friends that I had to let go of because, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of good memories and there's a lot of good things you did together. But, you know, the more you move on with the Lord, good is more often than not what stands in the way and becomes the enemy of the God thing. That was Christine Kane. Make sure to check out her brand new book, Don't Look Back. All right, stay tuned up next. It's Burning Hot Questions. Life ain't always fair Look, I've been broken here and over there But when you put down all your pride And surrender your life I'll take you way up Look at your depression fade away now Here and change break Cause this is freedom Finally met your savior So we sing, oh You're listening to St. James The song is Savior Today's show is brought to you in part by The Chosen Season four of The Chosen is coming to theaters nationwide on February 1st, and this season has everything. 
clashing kingdoms, rival rulers, and when they're threatened by the reality of Jesus' growing influence, religious leaders do the unthinkable, choose to ally themselves with the Romans. As the seeds of betrayal are planted in opposition to Jesus' message turns violent, he's left with no alternative but to demand his followers rise up. So get ready, relevant podcast listeners. February 1st is the big release day. Go get your tickets now at thechosenriseup.com. Okay, it's time for Burning Hot Questions. All right, it's summer. It's the first day of summer. Memorial Day was yesterday. So I have a quiz show specifically about summer information. It's going to be one of our old school traditional games. Here we go. Uh, One who gets the most correct ones. All right, Jamie, you're up first. On June 5th, 2019, Thomas Van Dugen, Dungen, D-U-N-G-E-N, broke the record for the world's tallest sandcastle. Mm. How tall was it? Oh, and you can, if I, you're in the ballpark, I'll give yeah. it to you. Thomas, I remember that sandcastle. I think it was around 22 feet. It was 57 feet. Oh, my gosh. I'm not, you weren't in the ballpark. All right, Jesse, you're up. <laughs> How much did the world's largest scoop of ice cream weigh? The world's largest scoop of ice cream. All summer themes here, you know. Four Just tons. Scoop. Four tons. Four tons is 8,000 pounds. Uh, the largest scoop of ice cream was 3,000 pounds. Still not ice cream. Kind of disappointed. That's crazy. Pretty disappointed. You know what I do have? I could help you all out because I do have three options that I could read you, so I'm going to do that moving forward because in the blind, it's a little tough. Here you go, Derek. You're going to be the first one to get three options. Oh, okay. Uh, the world's largest inflatable pool toy was named Sally the Swan by its creators. How tall was it? The world's largest inflatable pool toy. Was it 18 feet tall, 70 feet tall, or 100 feet tall? Shoot. Uh, I'm going to honey. 70 feet tall. 70? Sally the Swan was 70 feet oh. tall. All right, Jamie, now you're going to get options. Here we go. Round two. Okay. These are all worth two points each. Uh, what's the world record for the longest running barbecue? Is it 12 hours, 50 hours, or 80 hours? 80? We're, yeah, we're having a long barbecue. That's right. That's absolutely yeah. right. There you go. Jamie got one. Two points. Uh, Jesse, pro competitive eater, Joey Chestnut, your hero, holds the world record for the most hot dogs eaten in 10 minutes. How many hot dogs did he eat during his record-breaking attempt in 2021? Was it 51, 76, or 82 hot dogs? I think it was 76. It was 76. He Damn. knew that. That's crazy. He did know that. Jesse. That's We're crazy. talking about right. series. We want to see. I want to see. I want to see the Joey Chestnut last dance, and I want it nine oh, yeah. one-hour episodes as well. <laughs> I like it, uh, Derek. How long was the world's longest inflatable slip and slide? 564 feet, 871, or 1,975 feet. World's largest slip and slide. Go with the big one, 1,000. That's it. All you right. guys all swept round two. All right, here yeah, we, we go. Did. Yeah, we did. Uh, everybody has two points. All right, round three, three points each. Here we go. Jamie, you're up. The Katmai, C-A-T-M-A-I, Katmai or Katmai, National Park in Alaska, holds a contest each summer to find the fattest blank. Is it a bear, a moose, or a wolf? A bear. That is right. You guys are on a tear. Jimmy's got three points. Jesse, here we go. Which country holds the world record for the hottest temperature ever recorded? Uh, is it the United States? Is it Egypt or Australia? I'm going to go Australia. Death Valley, California. Oh. Is the United States. All right, Derek, here you go. Which country gives students the longest summer vacation? Is it Norway, South Africa, or Italy? Italy. 
It is Italy. Uh, Twelve weeks the kids get off. Yeah, Italy. Or three you know, Italy, cool, man. You know what I'm saying? Let the kids <laughs> play. Let the kids play. You know what I'm saying? All right, last tiebreaker question. This is we have a tie between Jamie and Derek with five points each. So tiebreaker. Uh, I'll ask you each a question. Here we go. Uh, Jamie, what are the United States' three hottest states? Is it Florida, Hawaii, and Louisiana? Texas, New Mexico, and Georgia? Or Arizona, California, and Florida? The last one. It is the first one. Florida, Hawaii, and Louisiana. Mm. I was going with that last question you asked with the hottest place. All right, Derek, you can win it right here. Where's the biggest water park in the world? The U.S., Germany, or Spain? The U.S., Germany, or Spain? I'm going U.S. Germany. Germany. And, and a tie. And well, a tie. you guys all know summer equally. There you go. All right, that'll do it for Burning Hot Questions. Uh, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Christine Kane for joining us today. Uh, if she's not one of your spiritual heroes, question is, what's wrong with you? That's really the question, actually. Or, or what's taking you so long is more the question. Because you can catch up. You know, follow her on IG. Uh, read some of her books. Watch some of her sermons on YouTube. Seriously, amazing content. Amazing speaker, preacher, teacher. Um and not just that. I mean, she's literally changing the world with A21 and other things she's doing globally. Um, yeah, she's one of the good ones. Uh, make sure to check out her new book. It just came out. It's called Don't Look Back. All right, a couple of updates before we wrap it. Uh, if you want to stay in touch with everything we're doing at Relevant, make sure to sign up for our daily newsletter. It's right there at relevantmagazine.com. It's free. We send you our top five trending stories each weekday morning. Follow us on all the socials. Check out uh, Relevant Plus. Check out our digital issue. And just know that we're working on some things that in the next few months you're going to enjoy. Um, so stay tuned. You know, like stay in touch. That's why you should sign up for the newsletter so you don't miss out. Um, also, if you like the music you hear on the podcast, check out our Spotify playlist. It's heard on the relevant podcast is what the main one's called. We also have a worship, uh, indie and, uh, other playlists as well, right there on Spotify. Just search for relevant heard on the relevant podcast is all the music you hear on the show. Okay. On that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Derek Miner. We will see y'all on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. And like I said, the next two episodes will be recorded live in Montana. Off some milkshakes. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to record them early in the morning. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Before the milkshakes kick in. All right. See you guys later. listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com I watched a $4 tip this morning on a $30 gift card. Relevant Podcast Network.